three, two, one. Let's do this shit, okay? Welcome to the Film Geek Collective. Today we're going to be talking about streaming movies and we're also going to be talking about stuff in the credits. So two subjects to cover today. Shoutouts to Tessie Cat, Elsie Cool, Mary Amber, Ashy Slashy, That Patrick Guy, Liz Slade, My Belly Unicorn, aka Jessica, Paul Stephen Edwards, and Real Sharks, aka Rebrew Shaku. Yes, we're going to talk about post-credit scenes, we're going to talk about platforms you can stream. You can stream two of them only in Australia. Disney Plus may be international in some places, but other than that, Netflix is internationally available, so now let's get on with the show. Okay, now, the first thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about Disney Plus first. Now, Disney Plus is relatively new. I don't believe the UK's gotten it yet, you know, because... Yeah, I've been mentioning it with a few of my UK friends on Twitter. Yes, and, uh, you know, I one of them at least keeps putting out Baby Yoda memes without having Disney+. And I'm thinking, why? By the way, I have not caught up on The Mandalorian yet. I know that's probably irrelevant, but yeah. Disney's content will mostly, if not wholly, stay where it is. Everywhere, considering it's owned by the same company. But this only includes content for teens and below, really. The most mature content you can get here is The Simpsons, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and coming soon as of recording, 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, By the way, this is an explicit episode of an explicit podcast. Viewer discretion advised. I know I said shit in the intro, but you should have seen the explicit label, (laughs) I guess. So yet they've censored Adventures in Babysitting, so I refuse to watch that particular title till I can get it uncensored. I learned there was an exchange on a train where uh, a gang leader says, Don't fuck with the Lords of Hell. And then a woman says back to them, don't fuck with the babysitter. That was dubbed over with the don't fool for both of them. Other language had been dubbed over. (laughs) Apparently calling someone a witch is not nice. And yet, Avengers is okay with its strangulation, stabbing, shooting. What a screwed up society we are sometimes. (laughs) It's like, you know, some sections of America especially tend to be really prudish about about sex over violence it's like put all the guns in the films you want but (laughs) no we can't have something natural so yeah next we're moving on to stan in australia has a perfect mix of buffy the vampire slayer family guy arty films like antichrist enter the void although i didn't really care for enter the void that much aussie films like the castle foreign language films like tetsuo the iron man at the moment it has wes craven's first ever film the last house on the on the left so australians listening to this podcast you can search that out so yeah stan has a wide range of things it even I think for those fans of the L word, which I'm sure some people would have seen that, the L word Generation Q is out there, Twin Peaks is out there. Those are shows that some of you may have seen, but I haven't personally, but you may want to know that. Um, But the cheapest (coughs) here is Disney Plus, you know, because Disney Plus is $9 a month, and that's about half in pounds for the UK, it would be when it comes out there. And in America, that would be, what, $7? You know, we're shit out of luck when it comes to measuring to the American dollar. <laughs> I mean, streaming, honestly, is like cocaine. <laughs> oh, so addictive. 
But it goes without saying, never do cocaine, just do streaming. It's less expensive, way better for you, and your nose won't be destroyed, you know? (laughs) But seriously, don't do drugs, kids. So, yeah, next we've got Netflix. The library's inconsistent depending on the country, and titles can come and go way too easily. However, they have some great originals. You know, The Irishman's one I like very much. Martin Scorsese's new film with the de-aging with De Niro, Pacino. Uh, I believe that they even have uh, Ray Romano in a few scenes. They have Anna Paquin. They have Harvey Keitel. And they also have none other than Joe Pesci. (laughs) If you've seen Goodfellas, you're probably wondering why the fuck I think he's funny. And I better tell him. (laughs) Oh, so good, good fellas. But The Irishman's a different sort of film, you know? And one that runs 209 minutes. And I don't care that it runs 209 minutes. I'm kind of a sucker for good long movies. So, yeah. Hannah Gadsby's Nanette is an absolutely fantastic hour-long special as well, if you're not in the mood for 209 minutes. Sorry, back to the 209-minute thing for a sec. The fact that people can just watch episodes of something on streaming, not even care. They can watch it for five hours in a row, and yet three and a half hours is too much for them for one movie. I mean, come on. You can have your attention span for one thing but not the other. Yeah... I don't know what it is, honestly. But, yeah. So, Hannah Gatsby's Nanette, as I was mentioning, it's disguised as a comedy special, but it's really something profound. Anyone, anyone who has Netflix has got to see this special. I really loved it. She is honest, she is raw, she is cathartic, and... I really recommend you check that out. And also The Irishman, if you haven't already. I've still got to see myself, Marriage Story, with Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver. I've got to see Roma, which was the black and white Spanish film, Mexican film, I think. Yeah, but uh, also there is one thing I'd like to mention that's on Netflix. You know, Bojack Horseman. An excellent show that starts off a bit rocky, but soon gets going after a few episodes. You're in for the ride of your life. Please, if you have Netflix, watch this in order. Trust me, you will soon be hooked. As for uh, the interfaces, I'm going to go into the interfaces now. Disney Plus, they've been working on it. Like, it doesn't automatically switch off your subtitles anymore when you go to a new title. It keeps your settings on, for example. But, you know... It's annoying that you have to click into a title just to put it onto your list, although they've made it easier to access your list now. But you have to still click the title for any sort of synopsis or to add to your list. And yeah, another thing that could be helpful is contains outdated cultural depictions, you know, putting that in the synopsis. For example, Dumbo, which... Yeah, Dumbo has infamously the crows who are integral to that film's plot, but are complete racial stereotypes of black people, which is quite unfortunate, but it's a part of history, and so, yeah, you know the drill, basically. But one thing that really pisses me off about Disney Plus is that Song of the South is not on there. 
Disney refuses to release Song of the South despite having zippity doo dah freely around in their theme parks. I mean, what the hell, Disney? You you do you do this for one thing and not the other? You, don't you think we know better now? Don't you think we know it's racist? Please just release it. You know, you can put a warning on it. You can put a warning before the film. You can make it a minute long. You can make the warning five minutes long. I don't care. Just release Song of the South, please. I'm desperate to see this movie because of the controversy. And another thing, this one's not Disney's fault, but the producers of The Simpsons have withheld a Michael Jackson episode of The Simpsons, which is rather unfortunate because I happen to quite like that episode. Stark Raving Dad, it's called. And the producers are pulling it from every box set of season three of The Simpsons. They're removing it from streaming, They're they've taken it off Disney Plus just like that, and I can't believe it. It's a travesty that they've done that, you know? Again, not Disney's fault this time, but the producers. And, you know, I don't want to get into the whole Michael Jackson controversy, but basically the uh, the episode itself was about a man who sings like Michael Jackson, who's in a mental institution, and suffice to say it's rather heartwarming. Try to seek it out if you can, basically. So, yeah. What else is here now? You see, the way I do episodes, I have part partially scripted and partially improvised. Which, and now I'm improvising, but I'm seeing my script. Just a very vague script. Oh, yeah, interfaces, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Stan has the thing where you can hover over a title, add to your list, see a brief synopsis. To click for the full synopsis, you have to go into it. And at least Stan doesn't automatically play trailers, and Disney Plus for the moment does not automatically play trailers. Which, honestly, I prefer. Netflix just grabs your attention in the in the wrong way, trying to shove its other products down your throat, you know? It's just unbelievable the way they do that. <sighs> well... <laughs> Let's uh, now move on. Netflix, their interface is just... I can't believe that it automatically has to play a clip or a trailer for the thing I'm about to watch. About to... or, or maybe not about to watch, but still. I don't want sound coming out if I forget I've had the volume up. Although, I still prefer collecting to streaming in the end. Your collection's permanent doesn't vary every month, and is better than a digital copy, any digital copy, because you truly own it. I mean, you know, you're paying, what, $7, $15 a month for streaming, whatever. I mean, just ignore the bullshit digital rights management and have a shelf full of movies at your fingertips. Balance this with the streaming subscriptions, and voila, the best of both worlds. My other concern is, what if streaming becomes too expensive in the end? X amount of dollars for Netflix, X for Stan, $9 for Disney+, Plus. you'll be spending, what, at least $25 a month already? <laughs> and the frustrating part about streaming is when Netflix interrupts the credits immediately. Yeah, they even shove their trailers just to play fucking five seconds. Oh, here's a show you don't give a shit about playing in fucking five seconds. It's because of incredibly short attention spans, okay? Amplified courtesy of Netflix. <laughs> a company that is giving me mixed vibes. It cares about movies. It greenlights movies that no other studio would. It gives people creative freedom on 
on on 90 to 100 million more maybe and it was rumored they're going to make 50 to 60 films of this kind you know now speaking of credits that's the other subject i want to mention i ran a poll just last night as of recording do people stay for the credits and why i always stay for the credits personally but one person said they stay for the initial credits unless it's marvel in which case it makes sense to stay for everything. You see, staying for the credits allows me to process what I just watched. And also to me, the theatre feels like a second home. I just want to sit in those seats for just a bit longer, like a comfy couch. You just want to sit in and relax in, especially if it's a recliner. Hell, I went to (laughs) Blade Runner 2049 in one of those recliners. Long movie, great movie by the way, Um, recommended you see the first one first to get the most out of it, but yeah, those recliners are just so great at some of the cinemas these days, but yeah, that's another, that's one thing I didn't mention in the cinema experience episode, before this, that is, but yeah, staying for the credits allows me to process what I just watched, I want to sit in the seats a bit longer, marvel at how many people worked on this thing, maybe listen to the music, it's also better when you have outtake credits for a lot of films like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, if you don't know, that's one of my personal favourite comedies, it gets at least a laugh from me every time I watch it, and also Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which yes, I've watched on days off of school, not that I go to school anymore, but... Oh, man, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is wish fulfillment, okay? So, you know, it allows viewers to see the outtakes and enjoy one last thing. It's cool if the credits are even designed well, like Wally, which retells the plot of the movie and provides an epilogue in the scroll. Finally, there are post-credit scenes. Marvel has made great use of these, but DC doesn't use it on every film. Hell, when DC Sean's... Sorry shit hell when dc shoehorns the flash real quick into the middle of batman versus superman that's like a post-credit scene mid-movie <laughs> who needs a post-credit scene after that you know click oh character appears for five seconds oh he's gone whoopsie i didn't mean to interrupt your movie please continue <laughs> well it'd be great if credits started including critical plot relevant information in the stingers so viewers would have to stay that is unless the actual ending of the film provided finality or if you don't want to ruin the mood too much but even then most of those times there could be something small maybe even a sound that only added to the mood another question is what's the last shot of the film the one before the credits or the shot that finishes the post credit scene some of them can just be plain fun some of them can run while the credits run even once upon a time in hollywood had this i know a lot of you loved that i personally think once upon a time in hollywood's one of the best of the year but you know i'm not it's not a five star movie for me i know it is for some of you but you know that's not the time to mention that now frozen also had a fun post credit scene you know hilarious scenes in the credits also come to mind in comedies just look at 22 jump street and deadpool 2 but then there's team america world police which features a song in the credits you didn't hear in the movie that's awesome right and then iron man 3 takes a step further puts the audio of the singer over the last few minutes of the scroll so you can't fast forward to the scene well, that's a stroke of genius in case people rewatch it on Blu-ray. Ah, well, yes. 
Oh, thank you so, so, so much for listening, alright? You are a great crowd. A great crowd. And I'm just so, so glad to have you. So again, shout-outs to Tessie Cat, Elsie Cool, Mary Amber, Ashy Slashy, That Patrick Guy, Liz Slade, Marbella Unicorn, Paul Alexandria, a.k.a. Paul Stephen Edwards, and Real Sharks Podcast, a.k.a. Riru Shaku. Well, that wraps up another day and another episode. You're always welcome at the Film Geek Collective. And don't you forget it, all right? Yeah, I'm just having a bit of fun with the intro. Why not? (laughs) I mean, the intro and the exit. Why not? Okay. Ciao for now.